All right, everyone, welcome back to Bunkethead, your favorite college basketball podcast. My name is Connor Lamonz. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Justin Goble, for episode 81 of our College Hoops podcast in the dead of summer. Uh, Justin, it, it's hot outside. It's in the 90s outside. Maybe it's in the 80s today, but it's hot outside, but you never guess it. But we are more than halfway through the college basketball offseason. We are more than 50% done waiting for college hoops to come back. I, I have three comments. Uh, the first being, I work from home now for AmateurGolf.com. Go check out my work. So I don't go outside. So I don't know if it's hot out outside or not. But other than it looks nice outside, but I haven't been. I haven't. I haven't. Dev, I haven't I haven't deviled out there recently. Uh, my second comment is, Connor, I need to get your comment on something. How would you feel if I told you on the day of the MLB trade deadline, the Cardinals were selling and the Reds were buying? Um, Reds aren't I really would, buying, but. Yeah, I would tell you. Yeah, I would counter with the Reds didn't buy anything because that's what the Reds do. Um, They should be buying, I should say. If Reds fans thought their ownership was all of a sudden going to spend money, that's that was never going to happen. But um, well, we paid Hunter Green and got excited. But it's a it's a little bit of a little bit of a bummer day. But it's you know one of those things when just like in uh, actually I don't know if it works the same in basketball or in football, but. If you've got guys that are on a contract year and your team sucks, uh, you kind of have to trade them because they're just going to walk anyways. Well, I'll tell that to the Angels. But um, it would be – I actually was hoping the Reds would go get Jack Flaherty, but I just saw he got traded to the Orioles, so that sucks. But I thought the Reds might go back and get Michael Lorenzen from the Tigers. That been, well, we should never let him go. But you know, That would have made, Reds, that so. made a lot of sense for them. But I saw Eduardo Rodriguez blocked a trade to the Dodgers. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a big fuck up by the Tigers um, GM. Like, how are you? You don't ever ask your player for how would you follow baseball? You like a lot of baseball players have no, no trade clauses and they'll have specific games. Um, I don't know how you don't tell your player, like, hey, this is what we're working on and know that ahead of time. But um, why would also though, why would you block that? You go to a much better team and you're moving from Detroit to LA. It's, it's sounds good on, to me. There's an article with The Athletic that said that his family all lives on the East Coast and he doesn't want to live on the West Coast. Oh, nice family, man. Uh, got to appreciate a good family, man. Yeah. Was, was that your third question? I don't remember what my third question was, if I'm going to be honest with you. That's kind of why I started talking about it, Rodriguez, because I was trying to buy time to remember the third one, and I don't. Okay. So. All right. Uh, moving on. We got um, you know back to, uh, back to the other ball sport that we talk about that the people actually, if people are listening, actually, are actually listen to this for is... Hoops, Carmen's crew, TBT. Um, Carmen's crew makes a Sweet 16 in TBT. Boy, oh, wouldn't, right, wouldn't. I don't mean to cut you off. I, I remember my third thing. I, uh-huh. I didn't plan out dinner well, and I'm eating chicken wings. So if anytime you're talking and you hear like something that sounds like a giraffe eating, just let me know. Only, uh, yeah, only the most professional people on this podcast, folks. Um, <laughs> I just have to put it out there. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, they make a Sweet 16. Carmen's crew makes Sweet 16. Um, Ohio State men's basketball would absolutely adore a Sweet 16, but yeah, uh, Chris, the Chris Holtman uh, not fans had a blast with that one. Well, at least they made the Sweet 16. It was a, it was a different different TBT roster this season than the last few years. Obviously, you got kind of like those legacy guys that played from like 2007 to like 2014 that just didn't play for Carmen's Crew this year. You kind of get a roster together of some of Chris Holtman's. Uh, more recent guys, the Wesson brothers, CJ Jackson, 
Um, I'm trying to think of other guys that were on the roster. Trevor Thompson was on the roster, and then they sprinkled in um, they sprinkled in some other guys that were had Big Ten ties, like Javon Bass, and then they also added, I'm assuming, some guys that just are friends with or have relationships with these guys, like Scott Thomas that played at Bowling Green. Um, William Buford was on the roster but did not play. They didn't say why. Um, I think it was a much less talented team than they've had in previous years, but I did think that they played tough. They rebounded the basketball. They put their head up by the rim on missed shots. They were willing to go mix it up for rebounds. I forgot about Kyle Young. Um, Kyle Young was on the team. Um, they were jumping passing lanes. They were doing a lot of the like feisty, gritty things um, that you love to see. And I think that you know that that kind of overshadowed that they weren't as talented of a team. But they did lose to the Friday Beers team, which <laughs> on I don't Saturday. Think- I don't think that that has been a TBT team for years and years. I feel like they may have changed names from something else. Yeah, I don't know. I think Gabe York has played before, maybe debossed, but I'm not positive. The Friday Beers is, it sounds familiar, but I don't know. I know there was like a bar stool team early on in the TBT that might have had a similar name, but I don't remember. I think what they used to be. Oh, formerly Armored Athlete. Oh, that was Armored Athlete? Okay. Yeah, I mean, yes. they were good, too, so that makes sense. So, they lose to Friday Beers in the Sweet 16. Friday Beers is now on to the Final Four of TBT, but as you said, you know they've got, pretty sure Gabe York, didn't he play for the, the 76ers, or am I crazy? Did he make it to the league? Sorry, I was eating. Yes, he played in the league. He has, like, the most iconic uh, high school dunk of all time. If you look up, like, Gabe York in, like, 2010. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he made it to the league. He was a former Arizona guard. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was a hell of a player, like yeah. top-notch type player in college basketball. He was in like the kind of right before like the Stanley Johnson, TJ McConnell, Arizona days. Yeah, and the, but Carmen's crew got to that game. Um, trying to think, why am I drawing a blank? Who is their first-round matchup? Why am I drawing a blank right now? Because they beat the India Rising team they second. Played team, they played, They played. yeah, they played team overtime. That's right, the overtime elite programs team. So they they won that game, and then they played India Rising, which was a very cool um, kind of sports story. India Rising was like um, they called themselves the Brown Ballers. <laughs> it was yeah. like a, just literally a, a bunch of India got Indian guys. Which um, I didn't I didn't know that, and um, whoever was calling the game said that, and I was like, I don't know if you're supposed to. <laughs> I, I was um, like, uh, okay. You know, they, they they called themselves the Brown Ballers. Um, yeah. A bunch of them play professionally, but some of them on that roster, I think, don't play professionally. Like the one guy I know was a, a medical, like he was doing his medical residency at a at a hospital in Arizona, and they beat the Dayton alumni team, Red Scare, at Dayton in front of the Dayton fans, which helped Ohio State because then the you know Carmen's crew then played India Rising instead of Red Scare at UD Arena, and then they advanced to. Uh, the Sweet 16 of TBT. But I, I think that that roster is going to need a little bit more star power, um, especially from guards, if in future years, if, if they want to win more games, man. Because like CJ Jackson, bless his heart, but that, that's not, he's not yeah, it. He was, he was struggling. Um, yeah, they're in that weird between where kind of like when they first put together Carmen's crew, it was like weirdly enough with as good as that modest teams were. None of them really went to the league. You know, Buford, Diebler, Lighty, Kraft. 
they never really played in the NBA, you know, outside of Turner, Sullinger, and like the older guys like Odin and Conley. So you had them available for DBT for the Holtman guys right now. All of their better players are still in the league. Jay Sean Tate, Kata Bastia, Malachi Branham, Dwayne Washington. Can you imagine Dwayne Washington TBT? He'd average 40. Dude, like I it, think that I honestly it's a think perfect that it, thing for him. I think in the next two years, there's a chance if he doesn't. I agree. If, if he, uh, we'll see. It's weird he, to say because yeah, you're we'll like, see. I'm saying like, he's, I don't think he's going to flame out the NBA, but. If he does, <laughs> then you know he can play in the DVD. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it just, de- yeah, it depends. Like, because last year he, he went to, geez, where was he? He was with the, he went from Pacers, then he went to the Suns, and he's playing with the Suns for a good chunk of the season, I believe. And yeah, and then, when he played, he played well. It's just he kind of got buried a little bit in the, in the rotation. Now he's with the Knicks. But he's with the of, Knicks, I believe on. I don't know if he's on a two way or if it's just straight G League because like. If he plays like a full season in the G League and he could be another G League like the next year, you could see him in TBT next summer. But if he splits it with the Knicks and he plays some time with the Knicks and he plays um, down in the G League but also plays some minutes with the Knicks, those kind of guys don't usually play in TBT. If they like have been playing some time in the NBA, usually it's the guys that just are in the G League. And even them, even those guys sometimes don't play in TBT. Yeah, I think they were relying on having Buford. I believe he was just injured because he didn't play at all this some uh, this year overseas because of injury. And they did say if they were to move on to the lead eight, Buford probably would have been available. Um, so I think he was just laboring a little bit of a lingering injury. He was kind of what they were missing, just a guy that can create his shot off the bounce, a shooter. You know, that was Keyshawn Woods was kind of not playing aggressive on offense, and then once he did kind of tune up the the aggressiveness he was kind of forcing some shots and he just never quite looked he looked great on defense but on offense he didn't quite look comfortable the whole time cj jackson just never had his best stuff they were fine when he came to the big men Lee dime was great caleb wesson was great trevor thompson wasn't great but he was there um scott thomas had a great game against uh india rising i believe he had like eight, 18 or something mm-hmm. they were fine and andre wesson looked good you know, they were fine in that regard. The wings and the bigs, it was just that they had really no guard play. Yeah. I think Jalen yeah. Jalen Tate was fine for a little bit, but he wasn't he wasn't like a permanent guy there, you know. Yeah, yeah, they need to get they need better guard play um next year if they want to make a better run through that tournament. I don't know what Shannon Scott's doing. That's I also only, don't know. My smiley question. He's not aged out. I mean he's probably thirty two ish, thirty three ish, you know. I don't know if he's still playing overseas. I don't know because he played last year or two years ago, right? The team that lost in the mm-hmm. first round. I think so. So I don't know why he wouldn't play again, but maybe he's just unavailable this summer. He'll be back next summer. I don't know. Shannon Scott would be a perfect addition, though. But, or um, Obviously, you know, you could add like a – I don't really know if he's still playing, but like Andrew Dockage, you know. Oh, my gosh. I think I'd rather have CJ Jackson than <laughs> Andrew Dockage. Um, yeah, I said it. I was like, well, maybe not. Yeah, probably not Andrew Dockage, but yep. Keep an eye on TBT. You got they're down to the final four. Um, I believe the only true alumni team that's left in TBT um, in the final four has heard that, which is the Marshall alumni team. Which is that is a, that is a fun team if you watch them. They have some guys on Marshall that didn't play at Marshall, like Rob Gray played at Houston. Um, J, JP Tokido played at Carolina, but they also do have like. John Elmore played at Marshall. They have uh, uh, Tavion Kinsey 
who was, I, I want to say, like the conference player of the year and played at Marshall this year. Um, he plays on that team as well. If you remember Ja'Cory Williams from Middle Tennessee State, I believe, um, went back when Kermit Davis, I think, was the head coach at Middle Tennessee State several years ago. They've, like, they've got some dudes on that team. They could, they could win it all, but I think Heard That is the only uh, like true alumni team left. Yeah, Heard That is turning into just like kind of overseas elite. Just in the sense of like, I, th- I know DeAndre Kane was talking about playing for them next year, and I know uh, DJ Kennedy said he might return, and if he did return, he'd play for them. So that would be interesting. They're they're like the it team, you know. They got the spunky white guy with uh, John, uh, John Elmore, and they got so much athleticism. They got a Columbus guy, Tavion Kinsey is playing. I don't know if you said that. I did. Um, Sorry, eating. Uh, so you know they're they're probably gonna win. They're really good. Friday beers is really good too, though. They really kind of handled uh the nasty natty team, which was pretty good. They really handled them in the elite eight. So it'll be interesting to to watch the final four. I think it's when is it? Did you say when it was? Is it tomorrow? When are we recording? I, What's today? Today's we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, TBT schedule. I feel like I think it's, it's the not. second and the fourth, right? So so as you're listening to this, the championship will be set. Oh, I right. believe I, I have to look. I can look that up to verify. Uh, yeah. Well, you, while you're doing that, I'm gonna talk about something. Um, but yeah, I think Carmen's crew. They'll be back next. Sullinger already said they'll be back next year. Sullinger's a good coach. I give him credit. He was doing a lot of good stuff. I liked most of the rotations he was running. I like some of the plays. He seemed like he knew what he was doing out there. It was cool watching Sullinger and Satch coach together. You know, it'll be interesting to kind of – I know I saw, like, Evan Ravenel, the bench, you know, kind of helping coach out. Coach Buford was kind of like a coach because he wasn't playing. Evan Turner wasn't there but because he's been kind of in and out of coaching that team too. So, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe Buford will play next year. Like you said, if you get back like a Shannon Scott, then that'll work. They just need to add, like, one or two guards or something. Maybe C.J. Walker. Is he still playing overseas? Um, I don't think so. I think, I think he, he retired. Had- I think he just had his second kid and he's like working on like doing like a skills camp kind of deal where he like goes out and, you know, is like a skills instructor kind of guy. But you are correct. The championship is Thursday at seven o'clock. So if you're listening to this, um, TBT championship is tonight at seven. It's on ESPN. Um, You know, main card, baby, main card for the TBT championship game. Um, We can move on to, you know, there's not a ton to talk about, but there's a little recruiting at Ohio State. Um, As you look at the 2024 recruiting class we've talked about it a little bit right now it's just junie mobley uh, or john mobley jr i don't know what he's gonna go by in college yet um i like junie they they could stick with a one-man class um wait does junie mean junior that that would make sense i just made that connection that would make sense i never thought about that that's kind of cool all right sorry i thought it was hispanic anyway um we didn't really talk about, you know, they could intentionally leave that 24 class at one guy because when you look at the 25 and 26, when you look at the 25 and 26 classes, it's like, would you rather take another guy in 24 and limit those classes when you have yeah. Jerry We've Easter? We've talked about how loaded the 25 class is. We're going to talk about Jerry Easter here in a second. He's in 25, and I think there is Darren Peterson also. He's also he's in 25. 25 he's third right now behind Cooper Flagg and Cameron Boozer. Like, he's everything. So it's like, do you want to take another guy in 24 and limit it, or do you want to just take one guy in 24 and have more space 
to give yourself a better chance in 25 to get one of Darren Peterson or Jerry Easter? Well, and we've done the the math. We've done the math. You have 13 scholarships, right? The only person, the only two guys you are definitely losing after next year is Bonner and battle. Even Zed key has another year of year of eligibility. So if you, if he decides to come back, did you only lose those two guys? You won't, you probably only bring in one recruit because we know Ohio state likes to plug holes through the transfer portal. I don't really see a world where they don't leave themselves a little bit of wiggle room in the transfer portal. And, and even so, looking at, if you even stretch it out another year, it's like how many guys in this roster could be there going into the 2025 season, which is when you have potentially Jerry Easter. That'd be or, only losing key and maybe in right, Kalen Etzler. I have to look at Kalen Etzler. I don't think he ages. Uh, he wouldn't get the COVID year actually. Cause he, he joined after that. But like, if if hypothetically if nobody goes to the NBA in the fall of 2025, you have Scotty Middleton, Rudy, um, um, Roddy Gale Jr. I don't know why I was gonna say Rudy Gay. What am I, I, I thinking? Say, were you about to say Rudy Gay? He'd be I great was just, on this team. Dude, but... I, yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> say Rudy Gay. Um, <laughs> Former Buckeye Rudy Gay. All right, let me just wash my head out real quick. Um, <laughs> you still have Scotty Middleton, Roddy Gale, Bruce Thornton. Tayson Chapman, they're all going to be there in two years unless somebody goes to the league, which is possible. But we're not going to make that assumption. You know, like Bonner's gone, Battle's gone by then. Mahaffey's still there. Um, Hardman's still there, so there's six. Royal's still there, there's seven. Etzler, what year is Kalen Etzler technically? I mean, he's Malachi, so whatever Malachi would be. Kalen Etzler is a redshirt sophomore. So, so had- his first year did not count because he redshirted, so he's had – he is now going into his second season technically, so he would be a senior in two years. years. So he would st- he would still be on the roster. So you got one, yeah. two, three, four, five. You might six, only have seven, three eight, spots nine, to fill in the twenty twenty five class. Ten. Ten of the guys on this year's roster could still be there in two years. Yeah, so um, you want to make sure that and then you, you add have space. you add John Mobley Jr. That's eleven. So yeah. if they only take John Mobley Jr. in twenty twenty four. You could only take two guys in 2025. which And that's a class you kind of have to have some space for because you don't want to be in a situation where, oh, shit, we can only take Peterson or you can't get – obviously, that would be best-case scenario if you get Peterson, but there's a lot of – there's a couple of dudes in that class. I mean, there's we don't even talk about Dorian Jones, who's a Cleveland guy, who is like a top 20 recruit in the country as well. There's like three top 50 recruits in the country all in Ohio State's backyard in 2025. Dorian Jones is a Garfield yeah. Heights guy. Uh, Alonzo Gaffney, out there. And and I think you and like is you it said, Jones? I think it's Jones. Sorry. You want to make you want to have the space because what you don't want to do is go into the twenty twenty five cycle thinking we can only take one guard and say put all your eggs in the Jerry Easter basket and then that's that's hilarious. I didn't mean to do that, but the Jerry Easter basket. <laughs> that was really you get funny. It. You get it. You get it. Um, I was eating, so I was muted, but I started laughing pretty. Hard. Don't worry. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize I did that. But anyway, I'll, you put all your eggs in the Jerry Easter basket, and he doesn't go to Ohio State, and then you're like, "Oh crap! We were, you know, we're recruiting him because, you know, we only have spot for one guy, and this is our guy. Now what do we do?" Um, I think you want you want to be able to recruit, you know, Jerry Easter. You want to be able to recruit um, Derek Peterson. You want to be able to recruit, um, you know, Dorian Jones, like you said, who's the number forty player in the country. Um, so that if one of these falters, you could take one. If you have extra spots and you end up with multiple, maybe you could take multiple. 
Um, I don't think you want to go into a spot with a 2025 class that's loaded and only have like one spot. Yeah, and look, like coaches don't mind telling guys like, hey, time for you to go kind of deal, but I don't think they want to be in that situation. So I don't know. You're gonna be, it's going to be really – that's why I think every time like a 2024 recruit pops up, I see like Ohio State fans like, got to have them. And I'm like, I just like there's a there's a benefit to having the two recruiting classes they just had where you bring in literally ten guys. Like it's fun. You're high ranked, you know, you get to bring in all this talent. But that means the next couple of recruiting classes are gonna be pretty, you know, slim because you don't have that much space. I mean, look at twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one was just Eugene Brown and Zed Key, and twenty twenty two was just Malachi Branham and Kalen Edson. Then you reload yeah. in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, then twenty twenty five or twenty twenty two, twenty I'm backwards on that, but you know what I'm saying. 2020 was said key. 2021 was Malachi Branham. 2022-2023 were bloated, and now 2024-2025 are going to be a little less less guys. Yeah, what, what my gut tells me, and I I think this is what will probably happen. I think that Ohio State, I think they will take one person, one additional person, I should say, in the 2024 class. I think it's probably going to be like a power forward kind of guy. Um, I think they're pretty, I mean, we might know very soon here. Aiden Shiro is very much in the play for Ohio state. Yeah. I think it's going to be a but big guy. Him, I think that's done. Yeah. Because when you look at the guys that even the guys that we circled um, several weeks, not several weeks ago, the guys that we circled months ago and said like, yeah, we expect not to be rude, but we expect these guys to probably transfer because they didn't play, and it's just going to get tougher. Um, Bowen Hardman, yeah, and they didn't, they didn't transfer, Hatzler, and I think like let's say either of those guys basically plays in a whole other season where they only get into eight to ten games. Dude, I just I don't see those guys sitting on Ohio State's bench and exhausting four years of eligibility and just not playing. Yeah, it just depends on what you try and get out of it. I just don't see it happen. So yeah. I think that at least one of them will probably transfer if if they don't have a breakthrough year. And I also think if they take an Aiden Sherrill, who's a center, I also think it's possible that either Zed Key transfers out and uses his COVID year somewhere else, or Akpara transfers out, or if Austin Parks doesn't play at all this year, he could transfer out. I could definitely so I, see a world that if they get Aiden Sherrill – Zed Key moves on for his final year just because that, you have Akpara, you have Shiro. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't really expect Zed Key to hang around. These guys are dumb. They can count. Like, and if you have four centers on your roster, four true centers, I'm not sure if I see all yeah, Shiro, three Shiro of these could guys. also very well be a one and done. Like, he's that talented. Yeah. So he's so going to want to play immediately. One of those guys are going to get squeezed out of the rotation big time. They can count. So I, I bet Ohio State takes a 2024 guy. And then it's done. It's a two-man class. They probably yeah. lose one or two guys to transfer, which would then open up like one or two spots via transfer to like to bring in via transfer. And there you go. We talked about 2024 a couple weeks ago. Um, you can kind of go back and, and listen to some of the names you mentioned. You already mentioned Aiden Sherrill. Um, Jaden Quaintance is a guy that um, just reclassified, I believe, from 2025 to 2024. He's another top 50 recruit, another big guy. It's going to be something like that. It was interesting because Adam Jardy sent out text this morning for the people to like get his text alerts. And he mentioned that what, like what we're talking about, it could be a small recruiting class because 2025 and 2026 
with like Marcus Johnson is loaded as well. But he also mentioned they're they're looking to get rim protection in case Felix Akpar like blows up and goes pro. And it was the wording of that was interesting to me because I think when you're looking at this year and especially next year, I think the name that sticks out of somebody that could blow up and go pro is Roddy Gale. I think everybody agrees with that. So it'd be interesting that it was just interesting the wordage that of all the people that he probably could have mentioned there, he said Felix Akpara. So. Yeah. And I, also, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. Worried. This is completely off topic and I apologize, but I want to say it before I forget. I'm not ready for this discourse after Ohio State Hoops put up a video of Felix Akpara making a three. I'm not ready for that discourse for four months. Of, can Felix Akpara shoot? I don't want him to shoot. Bro, that was the slowest three I've ever seen in my life. I know, like that's not getting up in a game. All right, let's 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 not do this discourse for three more. We did it with Wesson. We did it with Key. Now we're doing it with Akpar. It's like, no, he's back to the basket. It's fine. Just let him do that, please. Felix Akpar's shooting motion is literally like the instructional video they show you in gym <laughs> class in fifth grade. The beef, the bend, elbows, eyes, follow through. It looks like he's mentally going through all four of those steps in his shot, and therefore his shot is like a four-second release. It is so slow. He's yeah. not doing that in the game. No. Unless he's like wide open and teams are I don't are want like, him doing that in the game. Like I don't think that – Like I, I don't know. I, I want – like they have – they're going to have four shooters on the floor at all times basically. If James Battle plays 30 minutes, like I think he will. So it's fine. Just Scotty Middleton's a great shooter. Every now and then, every they now and shooters. then, we got if, if, the, if the defense is yeah, like, if he's wide six, open and the defense is like saying. begging him to shoot, all right, sure. That's but what I'm saying. If, if they're like six feet off of him and they're literally saying like, all right, I don't go need ahead, them running pin downs with him, you know? <laughs> no, no. If he, if he finds an opportunity to shoot a wide open one, go for it. But yeah. let's not make that a design part of the offense. Um, no. But back to recruiting, I apologize. I was going to say, um, so Jerry Easter this week, um, there was an interview with Jerry Easter with on three. Um, Jerry Easter is the number 24 player in the 2024, um, sorry, 2025 class. This is like part of that loaded class. We're talking about two years down the road. He now plays at La Lumiere, which is a private school in Indiana, but he just transferred there from um, a school in my neck of the woods from where I grew up. Um, he played at Emmanuel Christian, which is in Toledo, just transferred uh, to La Lumiere because Emmanuel Christian isn't exactly a, the sports powerhouse, but he's a 6'3", 190 pound guard, originally out of Toledo, the number 24 player in the country, um, and the number three shooting guard um, in the class. I'm going to try to yeah. pull up his comments because of the schools, you know how these interviews go. Like It's like, oh, Jerry Easter talks Ohio State, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Xavier, yeah. blah, blah. He had the most to say about Ohio State by far. Yeah, I, um, I have him if you want me to read him. I have them too, but you can read them. Okay. Well, I was just because I, I so I I pay for on three, and I I quote I quoted that I like I at first I screenshotted them because I was going to post them from like the Bucketheads account like hey Jerry just said this, and then I decided against it because I want people to like pay for people's work and you know Jamie Shaw does a great job so I think you should subscribe to on three and I think you should pay for that and also I deleted them so if you want to read them feel free. I would say now that he's now that Justin has given his spiel about how I'm not going to give away the details because you're going to give away the details. Wall, we're going to go ahead and read the quotes directly yeah. from the article. For um, sure. About Ohio State, he said, "You know, I'm, a, I'm a known hypocrite. You know me." He said, "They have." He said, "They have a good program. I have a great relationship with them. My parents really like really like the school, and they really like the coaches. 
Um, the program is really nice. I like how they coach their guys. They have, they have really high level players. Um, we just had a player in my AAU program, um, go there, which is Devin Royal with all Ohio. Um, he says he really likes the school there and what they're doing. And I can't wait to visit there, which he has done an unofficial visit, but he hasn't done an official yet. Um, right. And then he goes on to say, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, but you mentioning teammates. I think a big thing for Ainge Hero could be that he plays AU with the Juni Mobley, hopefully. Side, yeah. side note. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And he said, I visited there unofficially. Um, he said the facility was off the chain, which I didn't know. I saw the kids. hilarious. Off I the didn't, chain. <laughs> that yeah, sounds I, like an older person saying what Jerry Easter is trying to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know that people born after 1995 still said that. Um, he said the facility was off the chain. They have really high level stuff there. Um, a facility that could prepare you to get to the pros. The coaches are going to push you. I saw that in their practice and I really like that. I want to go somewhere where they're going to push me. That is a great nugget there that basically is the reason why when Ohio State fans, as much as, much as they want to cry, cry and whine about the shot and scene center, they are not going to bulldoze the shot and scene center for a very, 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 very long time. Because the basketball facilities at the shot are are off the are, chain. Are as as Jerry Easter said, they are off the chain. They have a very very nice basketball facility, training facility back behind the scenes at the shot, and they're not going to bulldoze it and move the games to St. John Arena. There's more that goes into the facility than just the court itself. Even though it sucks, the court sucks, the environment sucks, but there's more at the shot for the team than just the court. And yeah, it's, no a good, it's a good recruiting tool to have a really sweet uh, weight room, to have awesome practice gyms, to have a hot tub and a cold tub, to have a pool. They have a pool in their training room that has a treadmill in the pool. That's so cool. For, you know, I know like when I was going to school a millennium ago, Greg Oden would come back all the time because we know that, you know, Uncle Greg has bad knees. He would come back and use the treadmill pool all the time. So, like, they have really, really good facilities there, and that's a good recruiting tool. Yeah, it's we've talked about this a couple times on this on this podcast. It's it's the things of like the things the fans want from a program are different than what a recruit looks for, right? It's why I've always said like it's more important to have guys a sweet look a sweet sixteen lead eight. That stuff is great for fans because we're watching it. But Jerry Easter is looking at this program going, oh, they've sent three guards to the NBA in the past three years, or whatever you want to consider Branham and Sensabaugh, combo hybrids, whatever kind of guards. That's what he's looking at. He sees he sees a route to the NBA through Ohio State. They, you know, Fans look at the shot and they say, this atmosphere sucks. And I'm sure players would like the atmosphere to be a little better too, but they also see the facilities that they get to use every single day to make them better. To get All these dudes want is to get to the pros. They want to get to the NBA. That is their goal. Ohio State is the vehicle – for them to get to the NBA, how does how do they do that? It's why Ohio State gets every single receiving recruit in the country now because they see all of them go to the NBA to the to the NFL. That's all they want is to get to the pros. So that that's where it's, it's it is helpful in that regard. Yeah, and and fans aren't wrong that the environment during games stinks. Right? No, hundred percent. Like, we we've talked about that extensively. Uh, the website, you and me individually, have written multiple articles about why the shot is just not a good basketball arena so the fans are not wrong by complaining about it but there's more that goes into it than just the game day atmosphere that stinks like the facilities are really nice they just spent a ton of money to redo the locker rooms 
they just spent, I don't even know what the bill was, but it has to be in the millions about five years ago to build brand new coaches offices as an addition. Like it was an addition on the shot on the side of the shot. Like they've put big money into the basketball program and that's not changing anytime soon, but it's all such good recruiting stuff. Like when they give them the tour and stuff and they do the photo shoot and they see the facilities and they go to a practice, it's like, it's all, all part of the recruiting experience. See Jerry Easter is a good example. Top 25 guy. I have to crunch the numbers to see like, how many top 25 guys Chris Holtman has gotten? Like when's the last time they got somebody in the top 25? Cause Darren Scott, Peterson I mean, is elite. I know Scotty fluctuated and I think at one point he was in the top 25. He didn't finish there, but I think at one point he did get up there. Like Darren, Darren Peterson hypothetically would be one of the best recruits in Ohio state history. And he's Have going they had to anybody in the top five since Odin. I mean, top five is like top five is insane. That's what I'm saying is he would be one of the best commits in school history if they get him. And I think that Darren Peterson is going to overshadow Jerry Easter a bit because, you know, he's Jerry Easter's going to be top 25 ish and yeah. Darren Peterson's going to be top three. Jerry Easter, I have to look and see the last time Ohio State got a top 25 recruit. So he's a hell of a player. I mean, it becomes, it's funny because it's one of those things where like where we talk about how good the last two recruiting classes are. And we look at like a Jerry Easter with a Darren Peterson. We're like, well, Jerry Easter would be a nice, like, if we don't get Peterson, it'd be nice to get Easter. Easter is ranked higher than anybody we've got the past two years. You know? So it's like, it is funny how you look at it in that regard. Yeah. I was just, that's literally what I was going to do was pull that up and see the recruiting rankings of the last couple of years and say, like, when is the last time they got a top 25 guy? Because I think that Darren Peterson is going to overshadow Easter a little bit. But one, and something if they I think- add, if they add, Jerry Easter is a top 25 recruit. Um, like that's a one and done kind of guy. Like he's a high school junior. He's already six, three, almost 200 pounds. Yeah. It is funny because I've seen a lot of also um, in the 2024 class, somebody that Ohio state's gotten in on now is Trent Burns, the seven foot two center. And I see a bunch of Ohio state fans. Like the first comment is we need height. We need him. It's like an Ohio state fan. It's like, no, they don't. Ohio state doesn't need height right now. They have Felix. Arpo- they have two seven footers on the, on the roster. Like what, whether you think Austin Park is good or not, he is. By the way, he's six eleven. It's a that's a that's height. Like Zed Key, Zed Key is the third short is the third tallest guy on the team now. They've added the height they need. I think Trent Burns is a good player, so it'd be nice to add him. But I don't know about we need height. Guards win in March. All right, that's just what it is. That's not even like an opinion at this point. That's just a that's just a fact. So it'd be nice to get. If you get like a Jerry Easter and a Taryn Peterson in one class, oh my god! Yeah, and that's, I that's unreal. Yeah, I would probably put my entire savings account against that happening. But oh, I would too. Yeah, I don't you, think you get, if I'm if I had to put a crystal ball in Peterson right now, he's probably going to to Duke or North Carolina. You know, I'm not. Um, <laughs> it'd be nice if he went to Ohio State. I don't know. It, look, Ohio State got in on Peterson early. I'm talking like. 13 years old before yeah. Yeah, before, yeah. before he was even at C, um he plays at uh Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy right now before he was even at CVCA Ohio State was recruiting this kid so how much he values that plus how much he values you know playing in the hometown that's going to be the two things that matter for him if it comes down to just hoop they lose they're going to lose out to North Carolina Kentucky can't it's just a fact sorry yeah hashtag, I, Luke, hashtag Luke Kennard I yeah I have a I have a very strong feeling I, I just have a really strong feeling that once the 2024 class is wrapped up and most schools like 
I would say like during this basketball season, upcoming basketball season, once the 2024 recruiting winds down and you look at 2025, I think that you'll see that like the blue bloods, the big bag schools, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the Carolinas, and even like the recent bag schools, the Miamis and the USC's, I think those are going to be the schools that I think they're going to pull ahead probably for, for Darren Peterson. And I think even though he's an Ohio kid, he's, he's playing hoop, he's hooping in Indiana now, but like he's an Ohio kid. I, I do think being an Ohio kid only takes you so far when you're competing with national brands and brands that can put up more money. So I, I do think there will be a point, I could be wrong, where Ohio State will probably pivot and Jerry Easter will become their priority. Well, um, and, and another could be wrong. just caveat I'll give to people that like kind of only look at the rankings is, remember it was about a year and a half ago, right about the time Ohio State knew they weren't getting Dylan Mitchells when Bryce Sensabaugh signed on. And we were all like, well, he's a good, you know, whatever. Like Bryce at the time was like a high three-star. We were like, well, it's a good, you know, Wish we would have got Mitchell because Mitchell was a five star. He was the, you know, he was the guy. He was the token. Dylan Mitchell is going back to Texas this year, fighting for his starting spot while Bryce Sensball plays for the Utah Jazz. So, like, things do change. So, not saying Darren Peterson's different because he's a top five recruit that probably won't fluctuate, but, you know, just saying, like, when it comes to regret rankings, there's a lot of things that go into those that it's hard to truly judge how good these dudes are going to be. I every time it's like I'm in I'm in baseball mode you're in the middle of baseball right now but it's like every time I, I read articles about these recruits I like reading up on Jerry East you're reading up on Darren Peterson I'm like I'm like man I'm getting excited like I'm excited to get closer to hoops to have like college basketball news become more of a regular thing and not like a every few days I'm like oh I something catches my eye like I'm really excited for the fall for like yeah, stories and updates on Jerry Easter and Darren Peterson and these other Ohio guys to become like an almost daily thing because it's going to be really really fun to watch Chris Holtman and his staff compete with these other big programs um, to keep these guys in his backyard and once we get to the fall this will become almost like a daily story and i'm super excited for that yeah and and to to the staff's defense like this is a full court press for darren peterson every time it's kind of like when you look at Rutgers could possibly have the top two recruits in the 2024 class which is hilarious with ace bailey and and dylan harper jr but dylan harper jr or uh dylan harper he's not junior he's dylan harper sorry ron harper's brother obviously um Ron Harper's the junior. Um, he hasn't committed yet. He's down to basically just Duke and Rutgers. But every time he steps That's on crazy. the court, Steve Peichel is there with his entire coaching staff. That's how Peterson is. Every time he's on the court doing anything, Holtman, Diebler, and the entire staff is there. So they are putting the full court press on him. I can I can concur. Uh, good friend of mine is the assistant coach at Hoban, Archbishop Hoban, Shout mm-hmm. out to state champions. Uh, they played CBCA, and I went and watched Aaron Peterson. It's it's a man amongst boys. It's not even it's it's wild to watch. He makes every shot. If he misses a shot, he just goes pat. He just jumps higher than everyone, gets the rebound, and puts it like he had the easiest thirty four points I've ever seen. And I used to say that I covered Malachi Branham once when he was at St. Vincent's A. Mary, and I used to say about him, he had the easiest thirty points I've ever seen. But Darren Peterson has taken that title, so. He is everything he's being advertised as. Yeah, and I mean, I hopefully I think he, in, next, the, in the sixteen U uh, 
with a 15U team that just went overseas and won gold, I think he was the standout player. So it's like I, I do want to read the other quote from Easter, and I didn't mean to make this like a you know if if whenever we get like a an Ohio State article about Darren Peterson, like next time that somebody talks to him specifically about Ohio State, we'll definitely spend some time on him as well. But we just have like a right. good. He's just he's gone kind of quiet recently. We just have like a good like a good interview with Jerry Easter that uh, we've got some meat on the bone where he's directly talking about Ohio State's recruitment. So I wanted to read the other quote here because they asked him like, when are you going to decide? What's the timeline like? And he just said, um, I don't want to rush anything. I'm looking at my development, looking forward to these last years of high school. When I'm looking at a school, um, I'm going to look at one thing I'm going to look at is the other players that are going there. I do want to play with other top players. I want to go to a school that's going to treat me like home. So I want to have a good relationship with the coaches as well. So I'm looking at that. I'm a place where I feel safe, a place where I feel comfortable. So he wants to play with top talent. He has a guy from AAU, former teammate Devin Rhodes at Ohio State. And he wants to be somewhere where he feels safe and comfortable and it feels like home. And I think it's important that he did say earlier that he and his parents really like the coaching staff. His parents are very comfortable with the coaching staff. Um, he said, I want to play for a coach that's going to push me, a team that I know is going to play hard, and a program that has high-level players where we all push each other. Development is going to be really big. My goal is to get to the NBA. I need to go somewhere where I know they can get me there. So, you know, that was all Jerry Easter about what he's looking for. I think Ohio State has a really good chance if they continue to, to press. But, it, you know, it, what Darren Peterson does or what teams get involved with him could also dictate if they can take Jerry Easter. Because if you have a chance to take potentially one of the best, if not the best recruit in school history, you obviously you have to go with Darren Peterson. Well, and again, to the Jerry Easter, you know, it's, it's interesting. He said, I look at the other guys that are playing there because again, we've said this a couple of times, as long as you don't lose anybody, the NBA or transfer, which obviously could happen. But if you, if all the stars align and you don't, you're looking at a team that's going to have still Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Tayson Chapman, Scotty Middleton, Devin Royal, Felix Akbar, all these really, really good upperclassmen players. That's enticing to a freshman. Hey, not only are you going to come in and play right away, we're good. <laughs> so, come on. Yeah. Um, but that 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 took that took a while to get off of Easter and Peterson. I thought that was a lot of. Uh, we talked a little bit longer about twenty twenty five than I thought we would, but I thought that that's good stuff. Hopefully, hopefully yeah, I will that's, say that's right, good info they, that people like to hear. Today is August first, and um, Marcus Johnson in the 2026 class is unofficially visiting Ohio state today. So that's another so thing that, that is Michi's cousin. Geez. So that's a guy that that's a, that's a kid that hasn't even started his sophomore year of high school yet. Yeah. He'll be a rising sophomore. <laughs> Figure, no, you want to hear something crazy? He was born in 2008. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, is that even right? No, nah, math is wrong. 2006. I just trusted you. Um, no, 2008. No, later. I don't. I don't know. My brain hurts. Okay, listen. Okay, if he's going to be a sophomore in high school, oh my god! If he's going to be a gonna, sophomore in high probably, school, that means he's that means he's fifteen years old right now. He'll most, be sixteen. Yeah. That so means he's probably. Yeah. Oh, yes, he's probably born two thousand eight. Um, nice, good job, Justin. I just got to trust myself. See, that's all it is. Confidence. Ohio State also was left out of. I don't remember if it was a top eight or a top ten, um, but. Six foot five, 180 pounds, small forward VJ Edgecombe um, from Long Island Lutheran High School, which is where Zed Key went. 
Um, Ohio State offered him back in February. Um, good player, a top 20 guy in the country. Um, 24-7 Sports actually does have him as the number 16 player and a five-star. Ohio State doesn't make the cut. Um, that's a bummer. I think that small forward, power forward, in my opinion, is probably the spot that they need to add the other recruit at for this uh, 2024 class, but they missed out on that one. There will be other opportunities, but it's not going to be him. And um, the connection there is that you know he went to the same high school that, or goes to the same high school that Zed Key went to and Andre Corbello. Good high school. You got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, just stay. You know, we got some fun interviews coming up, so just stay locked in. Uh, we'll probably go back to where we'll probably go back to what weekly episodes, like what late September ish. Late September, it's early October. Crazy, man. It's August first. Like we're not that far away from. That's we're what officially I'm telling in, you. We're officially in double digit days away from college basketball. That's what I'm, I'm starting to, to look to some look out for. I did my uh, calendar for what I'm doing writing wise. I'm starting the team previews and player previews August eighth because I got it because I only write two articles a week, so you know I got to space them out. But it's I'm crazy. You, like the national championship game happened what early April? It's been four months. Yeah, first four games months. are in roughly three months. We're more than halfway through the off season. Once and once you get to October, for me, that's like you're basically in basketball season because that's when all the, like yeah. the season previews drop. That's when you're like, okay, we're only a few weeks away. That's when you get into hashtag secret scrimmage season is October. Yeah, and open yeah open practice season. Yeah, we're, that's, we're we're close. That's when we'll get Buckeyes in the blacktop, and I can just go tweet a bunch of videos of guys dunking in an outdoor hoop again, all that kind of stuff. If you found us on uh, found us online, if you found us on the website, uh, make sure to subscribe on Spotify. Um, that way, when we put new episodes out, you'll get notifications. As Justin said, it's every two weeks right now. Give it a few months though, and we'll be back to weekly yeah and you can find us on twitter at bucketheads lgpn you can also follow me at justin gold i'll be starting to post some stuff i do for amateurgolf.com and some articles from land grants so if you want to do that i'm at justin underscore Golba, i think and i'm at lamans underscore connor uh and the main account of course is at land grant 33 appreciate you guys for listening this week if you made it this far have a great weekend and go bucks